and welcome back to Teed Up, an original podcast created and produced by Long Beach State student-run newspaper, The Daily 49er. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and thank you guys for being here. I am your host, Christina Agresta. I'm Maddie G. And I am Sunny Tapia. And this week, Naoki will not be joining us, but we have two very special guests. Would you guys like to introduce yourselves? I'm Matt Ryan. Uh, and I am Oliver. Nice to see you guys. So let's just jump right in with Beach Sports. Sunny, you want to give us a little bit of an update? Oh, boy. So uh, men's volleyball, they are doing very well, but not necessarily a surprise as we are usually a very good beach school mm-hmm. um, when it comes to volleyball and stuff like that, since we are by the beach, I should rephrase that. Um, but uh, yeah, so they beat USC, they beat UC San Diego, and they are number three in the Big West Conference, which is great. And it got a little confusing, uh, Christina, when we were looking at the rankings from national versus Big West. Yeah. Uh, because number one in Big West right now is UC Irvine. And that's kind of funny because Hawaii is also in our conference and they're and they're ranked number two in the nation. Yeah. So it's like it's really trippy. But we're number four in the nation mm-hmm. and uh, we're just behind uh, Penn, which you were kind of surprised to see that they were a good volleyball school. I was. I mean, typically, especially since last year, we were so like in the top three. We were in that sort of mix of like one, two, three, Hawaii, UCLA, us. So I was just surprised to see someone else kind of in the mix. Especially when it's like Penn State. Yeah. Like, you really think of Penn State as like a really good football school. Mm-hmm. But like I said, though, men's volleyball doing phenomenal per usual. And then uh, moving on to women's water polo. Uh, women's water polo is national. Uh, they beat nationally ranked number three Cal. And that was a big win for them. And then they ended up beating Brown Yep. Uh, during that same week. So that was another big deal for them. Uh, They are number three in the conference and they're tied seventh nationally with Princeton. Mm -hmm. Um, That's another big deal. I mean, we are a division one school in sports and a lot of people call us mid-major and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. we do have some really solid sports. And I think I remember their preseason or their beginning of the season ranking was ninth. So we've climbed for sure. Oh, yeah. Two spots. I mean, doesn't sound like a whole lot, but that's a lot when you're division one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. And then moving on to something that we are also known for is Dirtbags Baseball. Mm-hmm. Dirtbags, they are doing very well. Jay Long. Jay I mean, Long. Shout out to our fe- fellow journalist, Jonathan Long. Our guy. National Player of the Week. Four home runs last week. Two walk-offs. Does he's it again just, last night. He's just the man. He is just so good. He's so nice with the bat. And he's quiet. Very quiet. He's I, so quiet. I talked to him a couple days ago, and he was just telling me, naturally quiet guy. He played in the Cape Cod League over the summer, kind of learned he needed to strike out less. And I mean, it's clicking. It's really clicking. This I mean, season. and they did they did lose their win streak to the Bruins, but they bounced back uh, mm-hmm. at the start of the Irvine little trek, and they won 11 to 6 in the first game of the series. So that was another really good spot for them. Um but yeah, so I mean, go dirtbags, man. We also got the USC game coming up. We do. May 2nd. Gonna At be an Angel, Angel Stadium. Stadium. It's going to be great. It's going to be so awesome. Going to be a good time. And on that note, uh, let's jump into something that everyone has been talking about. Opening day of the MLB was this past week. Yes, I'm not a baseball fan. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, Maddie, why don't you talk a little bit about what you did to celebrate opening day this year? Yes. So uh, the two special guests with me here. We all partook in the nine inning challenge. It's a very interesting, I would say college friendly experience where you eat one hot dog, 
and have one beer for every inning of a baseball game. God. Obviously, this sounds pretty easy, I would say. And if you take a look at like past baseball experiences, you'd have maybe a 20 minute inning to do this. We're not so fortunate anymore. Pitch we clock is changing things. Only have a couple of minutes, 10 minutes max for an inning. And yeah, Oliver, do you want to start some of your experiences? He ate the most hot dogs and finished the most <laughs> beers that night with seven. I did. So I didn't I didn't complete the challenge. So I guess I was just like the third place loser, which I guess in our competition was first place winner. But yeah, no, seven, seven hot dogs and seven beers did some damage. Yeah, it was pretty tough. Uh, I think Maddie's his experience is a little different, but his approach was far less structured he he would eat the bun and the the meat separately and it it took some i'd say mental damage yes i I was flying through the first three innings every inning was the first one done and then we got to inning four and i think we switched up from the chicken dog to the turkey dog at that point in the game the angels were winning i think everything was feeling good i was like well let's separate the bun and the dog Mm. worst decision ever famous an inning later i'd quit so did you all drink the same beer bud light is terrible oh sounds bud awful light. just water. dirty water yeah, it's just it terrible was not fun. i made it five innings and yeah i uh i got to six and i think i'd have to say the nine challenge is kind of the closest i've ever felt to a professional athlete <laughs> you know kind of like a like a starting pitcher you know if you're if you're feeling rough in the fifth you're feeling rough in the sixth you just know the next inning is going to be so much worse. So mm-hmm. I was feeling the fifth, pushed through to the sixth, but I just, I knew, I knew I had to pull out before the seventh. And, yeah. You know, you definitely yeah. shoved an extra inning. And I know we talked about that light that night, but Joey Chestnut has to be respected as probably one of the greatest athletes ever. The way that man can eat 70 hot dogs in 10 minutes and we couldn't muster like combined, what is that? 18 hot dogs. Never will understand what he's doing in his training, but mm-hmm. a lot of respect. And the worst part of the night was really the Angels lost. And not surprising. Yeah. We're it's the angels. Team, it's the angels. At that point I really didn't want to be doing anything anymore. I had to wake mm-hmm. up for work. It wasn't fun. <laughs> well, neither does Artie Moreno. <laughs> he just sits in his office. Hey man. <laughs> Save that for right after this. I'm trying to just talk about my hot dog experience. <laughs> okay, well, just last quick question about the nighting challenge. Would you do it again? <laughs> I have been advised by a lot of people to never partake in the challenge again. Ah. I think it's a lot different that if if we actually went to a game, but I know that like the portions are a lot bigger, like the beer and the actual size of the hot dog. So I feel like we still took it easy and it still took a toll on us, both physically and mentally. So I would say no, but, yeah. you know, there's a there's a whole other year to prepare. You know, I think I'm, I think I'm ready to throw the jersey back on. Season just started. <laughs> You're already thinking about next season. Hey, it's you know, it, day challenge. You know, it's it's a it's a long term sport. You can you can you can be in it for years. That's it's true. true. It's That's true. Very true. So speaking of the Angels, let's talk about. Before <laughs> anyone interjects, the Angels are having a good year. I'm very very happy with how we're playing. We took two series on the road against division opponents. Beat the A's. Beat the Mariners. The last game, Shohei Otani shoves. It was probably one of his best games I've ever seen because he was awful. Like the man pitched badly for his standards. I think he's at 70 pitches through three innings. He gets to 111, gives up only one run. He's given up one run on the year now through two starts. And Logan O'Hoppy, Brandon Marsh, cool guy, long hair, love him. Get him off my ball club. <laughs> Logan wow. O'Hoppy is here. Logan O'Hoppy is him. He leads the team in RBIs and it's just clicking. Matt's also an Angels fan here. Matt Ryan. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd have, to, I'd have to agree. I was uh, hesitant about. Uh, a hoppy um losing stassi but you know i think 
maybe Stassi's the better catcher, but you know, I think Ohabi's better for the team just because of his batting performance. Yeah, and I think with that batting performance, you could kind of talk to me about this, Matt Ryan, but I think a 28 to 3 win is coming. What is that? 28 runs? What are you talking about? Just let it sink in. 28 to 3. 28 to 28 3. 28 to 3. Tom Brady. Okay, uh, listen. We got Matt Ryan. Listen. Pod. It's got to be talked about. We're talking about baseball. No one's <laughs> thinking about football. That just threw everyone off. I was no so lost. Thinking. No That's one's a lot thinking. Of runs. I was like, that. that is a lot of runs. Yeah, I, like, I don't know baseball, but I feel like this is too oh, much. Way too much. <laughs> way too much. Well, let's talk about the other hometown fave. Well, the better one. The, 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 the real hometown fave. The big brother. The little LA. brother. Little the brother. big brother in LA. One team was in LA first. Wow. Los okay. Angeles Angels of Anaheim. One team's not even in LA. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the Dodgers. <laughs> I mean, Dodgers... They're doing solid to start the year. I mean, it's not really a surprise, but I mean, I've said it in previous podcasts. We are not winning over 100 games. I believe we will be lucky to win 90. Mm. It's just so bad. I hate how wishy-washy they are. But overall, I mean, like Dustin May, he's Clifford and, you know, he's doing big dog things, just throwing really well. So. <laughs> That's his nickname. I, I thought it was just... Big Red. Big Red, Clifford. Clifford, Clifford is the, the big, big red, red dog. dog. Clifford yeah. the big red dog. Yeah, get it? Yeah. So, I mean, I think he's doing pretty good. Um, I mean, it was kind of shocking, though. Not, well, I should say shocking because it's the Rockies. But against the Rockies, when we played them, we ended up getting 13 runs in that game. And we scored seven of them in one inning. And that's pretty cool to see at the beginning of a season. And especially like at the start to see your team kind of like fire off offensively and everything. But... At the same time, like I said, it's the Dodgers, man. Like, I love them. They're my team. I will ride with them till the day I die. But and they are always going to be the big brother to the Angels. Always. They will always stomp on the Angels. But I don't know. They're just they're iffy. They're always iffy to me. Yeah. I mean, Trace Thompson is majesty. The three home run game, 107.5 miles per hour off the bat each time. It's true. It's impressive. I think he's really the little brother in any situation. Big ups to Clay. Oh, 100%. He's got the rings. 100%. Everyone's always like, oh, that's not Trace. That's Clay's brother. There you go. No one calls him Trace. Everyone calls him Clay's brother. So it'll be a fun part of the year. And then we got the World Series champions. Astros fan here. Oh, man. Uh, kind of slumped <clears throat> in the start. Altuve cheated. Altuve cheated. Uh, the the whole team, you know, uh, cheated, I will say, unfortunately. <laughs> But uh, you have to you have to be you have to be self aware at a certain point. Um, can you can you please tell Maddie that? Can you please tell Maddie G? Oh, uh, his his take. They was... cheated. His hot take was that Altuve didn't cheat. Okay, the Astros cheated. Altuve did not. Uh, I, I don't. I mean, respect a short king. He had the least buzzers. He didn't want the buzzer. I mean, I respect a short ball. king, but didn't he at a certain point? Wasn't he like waving? He's like, don't I have a okay, wire? Okay, so like, like the thing is, why would the team want to take off his jersey if he had wires? Uh, I mean, I couldn't tell you. I wasn't, I wasn't there. But you know. I mean, the big Altuve thing is, I don't know if anyone else saw, but Mark Wahlberg offered to give him the tip of his finger after taking the pitch off his hands yesterday. So I thought that was really sweet. I know he's a Bostonian, but I guess he's back in the Astros. I mean, I was scared to wear my Astros hat for like the first like two or three years after that whole debacle. Every time I get a breaking news notification on my phone, I get PTSD. I'm thrown back to that moment where <laughs> Astros cheating. So I'd say they're showing so far has been definitely disappointing i mean they tied their series with the white Sox, and then they lost to the tigers so it's it's not looking good 
I mean, I think they lost to the Tigers for sure. Do you think they'll have the ability to like pick it up though? Like pick it up mid-season? I can see momentum coming. For Get sure. back I mean, into like that Astros-esque play, like yeah. where they're the best team in the AL and stuff like that. I definitely, I mean, yeah, I can definitely see that. I think just with most professional sports teams, I feel like there always is kind of a, an immediate slump, especially after coming off of like a national championship. And I can, I can definitely see this being normal, but I think just the performance and just like the lack of, I didn't see a lot of passion watching. I didn't see a lot of like the key players weren't kind of showing up how they used to. They weren't like, but I mean, you know, it's very early. So I think they're playing the twins this series. So yes. I think it'll be a homecoming it, for Correa. Something I noticed with the Astros is if you like look at historically, they always have a slump to start a year. It's not like abnormal for them. And then one of the more interesting things is like them playing the White Sox that early. The White Sox started the year 500 after four games, 500 after six games, 500 after eight games. You go look at the White Sox last year. They played every single like even number game after 20 at 500. That's just a 500 ball club. That's all they do. So I don't think it's bad to split a series with the White Sox. The Tigers definitely is. Miguel Cabrera's on a retirement tour, and to lose to him, <clears throat> I guess a lot of Astros players might be in the senior center soon too. <laughs> probably, probably, or yeah. the cheater center. That that too. Mm-hmm. So, like Altuve would probably head that. Ouch. So. Yeah, I agree. Well, this week is really the Maddie G specialty episode. I mean, what can I say? We've got baseball, but now we're moving into hockey. Another specialty of my views because playoffs are coming. Yes, playoffs are right around the corner. I think we're around like four to six games for most teams. But right now, the real big talk in the hockey world is the Boston Bruins. They clinched the President's Trophy on March 31st. Uh, they're one win away from tying the all-time record for wins. And they're five points out of the all-time points record. And it's interesting because like you look at Boston, good team. They aren't technically the favorites to win the Stanley Cup still to like most analytic makers. Carolina's still leading the way. Ugh. Oliver's a big hockey fan here. Uh, do, you see, do you see the Bruins breaking the President's Curse trophy? Or the President's Trophy Curse? Well, we've talked about it a little, and I think Carolina's making the Stanley Cup personally. Of all the teams in the East, yes. Carolina's your I'm sleeper. backing them heavily at this point. I don't like Boston, at least the Bruins. I like a lot of other Boston sports. The Bruins have never had a soft spot for. I... As a Leafs fan, I this is a terrible take. On this your is part. a terrible take on my part. I'm going to get shunned, but also the Leafs have by far the most toxic and worst fan base in all of hockey. I am extremely self aware of that. Um, the Bruins are my uh, they're my secondary. I just love watching them. I think I don't know. It's just so tough to. I mean, Patrice Bergeron, literally the nicest guy, an absolute saint of a yes. human being. Marchand has become a lot better since he became a father. He's less like. <laughs> You know, he doesn't slew foot as many players. He there you go. Like, I think, I think he's become at least tolerable on yeah. the ice for sure. I did um, really like seeing how they uh, spend breakfast together, drinking beers before games. Oh. That was a really nice thing. It's just what a, a Boston pastime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it definitely shows on the ice. Some Dunkin' Donuts. Some you know, let it be me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So why why Carolina? Like of all the teams I mean, in the East, so like, Carolina plays some of the best five on five hockey in the league. They're like expected goals are up there, goaltending's there, and they're deep. You have so many names on the offense, and just the kind of like the entire atmosphere of the team. I mean, I don't know. Do you see him going far without Sveshnikov? Hockey's weird in the playoffs. You really don't know like where to predict anything. I mean, the team I really think is going to win the cup or at least make a cup run. Homer opinion, the Los Angeles Kings. You go and look at like, (laughs) you go and look at all the years the Kings won the Stanley Cup, and they're coming in as an underdog. We're the first team to win as an eight seed. 
and it's just really like anyone's game coming in late. No, the Oilers, I, the Oilers destroyed the Kings every time they've played them. Stu Skinner had a, a shutout against them. I mean, he owns them. He's a minority owner of the Kings at this point. Like, there's there's no way that if if the first round is the Oilers and Kings, I my perspective is the Kings are not going to come close to beating the Oilers. I mean, I want to say they can do better than what they did last year against the Oilers. We push them to seven, we lose. I think they're a better team this year, better goaltending wise. We talked about best matchups for the playoffs. I do want Kings Oilers because I think if there's any way to prove the Kings can win a Stanley Cup, you have to beat the Oilers first, kind of like get through those demons. But I mean, the Oilers or the Kings are injured though. Like a lot of you guys' best players yes, are Kevin Fiala, Victor Arvidsson, a lot of guys down hurt. And I do think they can bounce back, play through that. I mean, we don't know. Anyone can get hurt during the playoffs yeah. and it's just anyone's game. But all the teams that I have clinched now is Carolina, New Jersey, New York, Toronto, Tampa, Colorado, Dallas, Minnesota, Vegas, Edmonton, the Kings, and then last night, Seattle. That one's I'm one really upset about. Don't like the Kraken. I don't like can't the back them. Worst, worst mascot, by the way, in the entire league. A oh, troll yeah. doll is yeah. not synonymous with like a really cool octopus. So Also, but why is it the Kraken? Uh, I don't like the take. I wanted them to be the Steelheads, the Totems. They had so many opportunities with cooler names. Yeah. Seattle plus like sea life just doesn't like hit for me. I mean, it should though a little <laughs> bit, but it is weird for sure. It's weird. Best mascot though, Gritty, obviously. We all Ooh, love Gritty. That's the, I love Philadelphia. Most iconic, but ugliest for sure. Ugly, but cuddly. <laughs> it could be worse. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, now on to the part that I know you guys all listen for. Let's be honest. Nobody listens to this podcast for sports. They listen for the pickle break. Pickle break. Maddie, take it away. Yeah, we have a fun pickle break today. Uh, so, Sonny, what do you know about the Hartford Yard Goats? I would just like to say I always get picked on for this, and I refuse to do research on this because it just makes it so much funnier. But I know nothing about yard goats. Well, the Hartford Yard Goats this year will also be playing a couple games as the Hartford Bouncing Pickles. What's tough. I actually like that. You have another one. Uh, Sonny, what do you know about the Montgomery Biscuits? I've heard the name, but I was told that it's not the same thing that I was thinking of. So nothing. I'm going to say nothing. Well, on July 16th, they played as the Montgomery Kimchi. Which, you know, kimchi, that's interesting. I love kimchi. Kimchi's great. Wow. Hey, Sonny. Yes. Does the phrase, uh, ich bin cold, mean anything to you? Uh, no. (laughs) My German ancestors would be furious, but no. Uh, what about the Akron rubber ducks? No, unfortunately. Oh, well, um, uh, the Akron rubber ducks are actually going to become the Akron sauerkraut balls. Sauerkraut, another type of uh, pickled cabbage. Sauerkraut? Why? Uh, on uh, August 18th this year. Um, the why, I could not answer. It's one of Akron's favorite appetizers, apparently. The sauerkraut balls? Sauerkraut balls. Yeah, if you want if you want good sauerkraut balls, you got to go to Akron. Okay. Interesting. You got to go to Akron just for it, I guess. Only reason to be in Ohio. Sauerkraut's oh. a little bit much sometimes. But Ohio's not real. Not terrible. I'm convinced Ohio isn't real. And either. then sticking with so many of these baseball teams with like weird pickle names. I mean, the minor leagues had three different teams play under pickle monikers in the last two years. Beautiful. All the hats are great. The colors. <laughs> but Portland Pickles, we talked about them a lot. This year, their promotional schedule is probably one of my favorite things I've ever seen. They have a pickleless cage night. 
Yes. Love it. That's so funny. I don't know what it means. They were asked if Nicolas Cage will be there. They are hoping, but who knows? But the one that's really important, not necessarily pickle related, but it is for us. They have a day called California People Moving to Portland Day. And if you're from California, (laughs) you can get into a Portland Pickles game for free. And I think that's really fun. Hell yeah. And then the last thing is, Sonny, what kind of cucumber would help the Dallas Cowboys on 4th and (laughs) 1? A lot. I'm sure, but what? Well, the Armenian cucumber, a.k.a. the yard-long cucumber. You don't have Zeke anymore, so just pull out an Armenian cucumber. <laughs> this is the kind of content you come here for, people. I, I, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I'll take the yard-long pickle. Yeah, it's fine. The yard-long pickle. I think that's who you guys need to sign in the off-season. I think we should. I'll, I will personally email Jerry Jones. There you go. Yes. And I think that was all I had for Pickle Break this week. We love it now we actually get into my section of the pod this week my little specialty um coming up next weekend we've got the long beach grand prix coming into town so ntt indycar the porsche carrera cup and imsa are all going to be coming to the streets of long beach so look out for a daily coordinator article about the road closures to keep yourself safe and not stuck in traffic but I want to talk about the racing because that's what we come here for. So the current front runners in IndyCar right now, we've got Paddle Award. They've only had two races this year, one on an oval, um, one on a road circuit. But Paddle Award is doing well with uh, Arrow McLaren. Uh, he has 82 points up in first. We've also got Marcus Erickson, Indy 500 winner from last year. He's up in second. Scott Dixon in what could be maybe his final season of IndyCar, still going strong in third. Um, Joseph Newgarden, of course, I believe the, yes, he was the winner of the Long Beach Grand Prix last year. Maybe he'll try and make a comeback for win number two. He was very nice. He was about to have a baby. I interviewed him. He was cool. And then Alex Palau also in fifth, but really the man I'm looking at coming into Long Beach Grand Prix is Callum Eilat. Now, Callum, he is not a rookie, but he's really only in his second season full-time in IndyCar. Um, with the small team Junkos Hollinger Racing, and he has been absolutely killing it this season. I mean, last season, it was a struggle to even get points into points finishing positions, but he's in seventh right now, doing extremely well. Um, me and Sunny are going to go with our uh, multimedia managing editor, Layla, to the Grand Prix weekend next weekend, and we're actually going to be interviewing Callum. So hopefully, maybe we'll share some sound bites of what he has to say uh, when we come back. Sunny? Anything uh, about the Long Beach Grand Prix? I mean, for me personally, uh, photo-wise, I am very excited. Um, but then I actually had a question for you, yeah. Christina, about Callum. Yes. Do you think he can do anything kind of interesting in the Grand Prix? Like, do you think he can kind of, like, shock some people? I think so. I think Callum, he has had podium finish potential a lot. Um, but Long Beach could be his, his time. It could be his day. He finished seventh and, or he finished fifth in the first race of the season. And that was a circuit similar to Long Beach. And so if he's, if he's on it, if he's on his day, we could see, we could see a high finish. We could see him maybe unseating New Garden or Palau. How excited would you be on a scale of one to 10 if you saw him do that? Oh, I'd be so excited. Callum's such a wonderful person. He came from the world of like European racing. He was in Formula 3, Formula 2. He was so close to getting a Formula 1 drive and it just didn't happen. And he made a life for himself out here in IndyCar. And he's been doing 
fantastically well. He's brought more people over from European racing and he's brought fans from Formula One to IndyCar and has shown them that, yeah, it's in America, sure, but it's freaking good racing just like Formula One is. So, you know, I'm I'm hoping that him, you know, uh, Marcus Erickson, Marcus Armstrong, all of my European guys, for them to do incredible. Also, on the note of the Long Beach Grand Prix, it's a really great, fun event. Maddie, you've been before. I have. I have uh, one note about the Long Beach Grand Prix. I used to think that the old ice hockey arena out front and like the little water was where Shamu lived. And it took me a long time to understand that wasn't true. Yeah. I don't know what part of my family made me believe that, but that's all I remember about the Grand Prix is being like, I'm going to go see Shamu today. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it truly is a great local event. I mean, so many local businesses, you know, do promotions and the local pubs will play the race. It's a great opportunity to support the town, you know, support our community. Um, and yeah, tickets are cheap. I think last year they were like 63 bucks, which compared to a Formula One race where you're looking at like 500 plus, it's a really great opportunity to see racing on your street. So definitely check it out. F1 tickets are like 500 plus. Oh my God. F1 tickets I are so they were expensive. In the thousands. That is unreal. I never knew that. Yeah. I was on the <clears throat> Vegas presale list. Um, and their starting ticket that was just three days in the grandstands. Nothing special, just like regular old grandstand seats was $2,000. That's like looking at a Super Bowl seat or yeah. like an NBA playoff seat. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, and that's why IndyCar is, so, IndyCar is so amazing is because it's so much more accessible. Like, if you are a motorsport fan and you like love F1, especially as an American, because we only have three races, right? It is so expensive, so hard to see. But if you're a Long Beach resident and you love cars, you can go. For like literally just even one day and be able to be up close to these cars. I went on a Friday two years ago and I was like able to sit wherever I wanted. I sat, sat super up close. I got to see some of my favorite drivers. I got to meet some of them for like 20 bucks. Like it's a great opportunity to, you know, be able to access motorsport. So, yeah. Very cool. Definitely well, check it out. We will see any of you listening that decide to go. We will be there. Yeah, we will. Hit us up. Sonny's going to be wearing a really ugly photographer vest. That I'm probably going to end up buying for 50 bucks because I don't want to return it. Yeah, so, he's going to steal yeah. it. Uh, but yeah, and we won't be on the pod next week, but we will come back the week after and uh, give yeah. us updates. Yeah, and shout out to a longtime fan, Mateo. He'll be joining us on the pod next week. So excited. Very excited to talk soccer with you, my man. Also, and then also, happy birthday, Bruno. Happy birthday, yes, Bruno. <laughs> his first birthday. This is so cool. And they're He's already a fan. I already know he's a fan. He is like, a fan. Like, there's no way he's oh, not. Yeah. So, yes. Shout out to both of them. Shout out to Naoki's whole family. Yes. They're the best. Thank you so much for joining us for Season 1, Episode 8 of Teed Up. Thank you to our editor, Aiden Swanepoel, our producer, Layla Nunez, and Isabel Salaji. If you want to stay up to date on the latest in Long Beach State sports, check out our website, daily49er.com, and follow us on socials at daily49er. Thank you for listening. See you later. Bye. See you later. Bye. Bye.